Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that today we have ears to hear and eyes to see. That your word is powerful. It's like a two-edged sword, it says. And it comes and it divides truth from things that could be so close to truth, but they're not truth. And today we thank you, Father, that every lie is revealed and changed in our heart today and in our mind. Those things are plucked out and truth replaces it. And things that are so close to truth, but not truth... Not truth for us as believers. We thank you that we will see the light in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So in Ephesians 4.1, it says, I therefore, this is Paul speaking. Remember, he's the charismatic, uh, he's the charismatic apostle, whatever all, all the, I think he's all the fivefold gifts wrapped up into one. But I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Two things I want to look at there. Prisoner, everybody say prisoner. What he's saying is you have been bought with a price. He's saying that you belong to a living God and you don't just belong to him. He has empowered you. Everybody say empowered, empowered you to live your life the way he says will be fruitful, where you'll multiply, where you'll increase, where you will have the joy and the peace and all the fruit of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. And he says, you don't have to do this by yourself. I will be with you. And so this is, this is what makes you a prisoner. In other words, he has put you into his realm of thinking and he won't let you go. How many of you know that's true? How many of you have ever had God tell you something that he won't let you go once he tells you? Well, that, you know, you're a prisoner to the thoughts that God has for you. Now, you have to choose not to be a captive anymore. Some of you may still be captivated by some things, and I'm believing today will make a difference in your life. Endeavoring. Everybody say endeavoring. That means trying really hard. (laughs) Basically, you know, that's a very simple definition. But I believe that Paul knew that this wasn't going to be just an easy, flippant thing, that we would have to work at unity. We would have to really work at being unified with one another in the spirit. And so as he's teaching here, this whole chapter really has to do with um, us living according to the spirit and not after the flesh and walking in unity. And anytime we get into the flesh, we will get in a position where we're vulnerable to being in division and strife and every evil work. But if we stay in the spirit... The Holy Spirit is not double-minded. The same Holy Spirit lives in me, lives in Dan, lives in Corey, Allison, Kelly. The same Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't tell me one thing and them something else if we're trying to go the same direction. Because that would make the Holy Spirit a double-minded entity, and he is not like that. In fact, the Bible says if you're double-minded, you're going to be unstable in all your ways in James. So I would like to read from my commentary. This is what it says. Spiritual unity is at the very heart of the Christian faith and life of Christ's church. The assumption here appears to be that spiritual unity is the norm. Everybody say the norm, the norm within the church when its members live under the control of the Holy Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, good idea. <laughs> and I want to show you where the power comes from this in Acts 4.32. If you'll turn there, and it'll be up on the screen if you're visiting with us or don't have your Bible. Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And then the next verse talks about as a result of that and with great power. Everybody say great power. And 
uh, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the, and great grace. Everybody say great grace. Great grace was upon them power and grace to do what God had given them to do. In my Bible, it talks about this and it says, uh, the results of this quality of spiritual unity were both powerful and practical. They had all things in common. They shared what they had. They witnessed with great power and great grace was upon them. All these glorious things took place through the unleashing of the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Ephesians 4.16, if you're still there, I should have told you to keep your place because that's where we're going to be most of the time this morning. Ephesians 4.16, the purpose of all of this, when we get to verse 16, is that the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working. Everybody say effective working. By which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. In other words, when we come into this kind of unity, and, and it, it, we'll walk through a little bit more of the scripture, but I wanted to show you the end result is verse 16. The whole body. Everybody say the whole body. The whole body. Now, you know your body, if it misses a part, it's, it's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel right. Uh, you know, if your head's hurting, how many of you know that? That every, all your attention goes to your head. Uh, you know, if you drop something on your toe and your head's hurting, but your toe hurts worse, it immediately goes to your toe because now your toe is hurting worse than your head is hurting. So, you know, the body wants to function all together and it wants to stay together and it wants to be in unity and agreement and all feeling good. God wants his body to be the same way. And so if we're going to function in the body of Christ, we have to see ourselves as a whole. Did you get that? We have to see ourselves as a whole. Now, we're going to be empowered by seeing ourselves as a whole. In other words, it causes us to count on one another for what every joint supplies, for what every person has to give. And it allows us to let other people be who they're supposed to be without wishing we were what they were. Oh, you're not getting this today. But this is a major problem in a supernatural church. Remember, it was the number one thing I've been reading from Pastor Billy Joe's commentaries, and I will again, because this was the third thing that he put. If you're going to shepherd amid the supernatural, you have to have unity and you have to equip people. So that says that you have to equip people to use the gifts that they have, and then you have to cause everybody to recognize they need that gift. You know, you may not be the gift that can speak into that situation. Somebody else can. But you need to know that when you need that gift, you shove that gift up forward. You don't say, well, I'm supposed to be first. No, you find the gift that's going to meet the need and you put them in that position. And that brings empowerment. Everybody say empowerment. Empowerment. So if you look at this, it's, this word means uh, operative power. But I, if you go back just one page in my Bible, Ephesians 3.20, it says the same. This is what it says. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is verse 14 of chapter 3. From whom the whole family, everybody say the whole family. The whole family in heaven and earth is named. We're all under one name here, the name of Jesus we have one Father, God, and we have the Holy Spirit. In verse 20, it says, Now unto him, God, who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. That's when the power of the Holy Spirit is working together as one, as one unit, all going the same direction. And that's why sometimes when you try to bring denominations together, they are not operating in the Holy Spirit. They're operating in their denominational doctrine. Uh-oh. 
Everybody say, uh uh-oh. And so that's why when you bring them together, you hear things that don't go with where you are. Now, you cannot walk agreed with that person because they're using their doctrine rather than the Holy Spirit. Find the place where you can agree. The Holy Spirit will always bring the church to agreement if it's going to come together. Because it can't come together if it doesn't come in agreement. And so when we try to bring agreement, I think we might miss it in these last days if we try to get people to agree with our doctrine. Because if we try to get people to sign on the dotted line that we're all going to do it this way, then it has to become somebody's doctrine. But if we all agree, we're going to win people to Jesus Christ. And we're going to let Jesus Christ show those people what they're supposed to be because he is the author and the finisher of their faith. Hallelujah. And then I believe that people should know in their heart. Something connects that says, this is my pastor. This is my shepherd. This is where I belong. This is what I need to hear. And so, you know, if you bring somebody to this church and they feel like, you know what? I don't agree with all of that. Release them. Don't tell them they're wrong. Let them go find the shepherd that's going to help them be what they're supposed to be. Hallelujah. Otherwise, they can't grow. They can't grow. One day they may have a revelation and decide, you know, I should have, I should be over here. But if they're not ready for what God's doing, they will not grow. And everything is about growth. Did you hear that? For the growth of the body in love, in love. So the Holy Spirit will empower a church where the church is looking to walk in unity above all things, because that unity brings them into a place where they see Jesus and not people. Where it's not about a person, it's about the power of a living God that can change their life. And from the beginning, when Pastor Bill and I came to start this church, we we both have felt our objective is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry till they all come to the unity of faith. It says, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Our position is to teach the word. Our position is to nurture and help people grow in the word. But the reason we preach in this church, you must hear from the Holy Spirit. You must hear the voice of God is because otherwise people follow you instead of Jesus. And they will never be victorious outside these four walls. They will have to get to the pastor. They'll have to get to the person that's their Sunday school teacher. They have to get to somebody that they think knows the answers because they've never been taught you with the power of the Holy Spirit are able to do whatever. You have to walk in unity with God, number one. Everybody say number one. In Amos 3.3, 3, if you'll look at that, this is what it says in verse 1 of Amos. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the, against who? Yeah, he didn't single out. I mean, one's guilty, they're all guilty. Uh, I, my little grandson came home and he said, oh, I didn't want to, I didn't like soccer tonight. We all had to run, we all had to run, 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 just because somebody wasn't doing the right thing. I said, welcome to the team. Pastor Bill said in the military, somebody messed up. Everybody paid. Everybody say the whole family. The whole family. God is upset with the whole family here, which I brought up from the land of Egypt saying, you only have, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. And they, this is why he's punishing them. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? The discipline of the Lord or chastisement of the Lord comes when we're not walking in agreement with God. Now, as a result of that, we won't walk in agreement with others. A lot of times we're trying to fix people before they've ever gotten in agreement with God. I'm telling you, that won't work. That will not work. Why? Because if they're not in unity with the spirit of God on the inside of them, they will never be in unity with you. 
because there's things in their life that need to be fixed and they're seeing everything through those things. And so if they haven't gotten in unity with God, you're a lost cause. Hallelujah. So what do we do? We walk with them as someone who does not have understanding. That's what it says in Matthew 18 when it talked about uh, that we, if two or three agree as touching anything, if the two of you agree as touching anything, it will be done for them by my Father. That follows trying to correct somebody who's not walking in the way they should. And it says you try two times, it, and I'm, I'm going to teach all that. Try two times, and if it doesn't work, and you can't take them to the church, and nobody can help them, then treat them as an unbeliever. Billy Joe used to say, and we love unbelievers. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? And we love unbelievers. How many of you expect more out of a Christian than you do an unbeliever? You should, really. But if, an, if a believer can't get it, then relate to them as an unbeliever and love them right where they are. Otherwise, they will never come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. So if we're going to have this kind of a church where the whole family walks together, we have to fix upon, we have to, it says betrothed is one of the words. Like married, we have to be in a mutual commitment with God for what the vision is of this church. Now, this is very important for this church because we're about to, to make a trek here into some new things. We're about to cross over the Jordan. Ooh, that just gives me chills. Thank you, Jesus. I believe it. And I believe God is teaching this series for this purpose. Everybody has to stay in agreement. And the number one thing is, when they went across the Jordan, they sent the ark of the covenant with the priest. And they had to go first. And then when they put their foot into the water and the waters parted, then the people could go. But everybody had to stay in agreement. Everybody say, stay in agreement. And all the instruction to get the promised land was all about everybody doing the same thing. We all are going to march. We all are going to be quiet. Wouldn't that be a miracle of God? Right there, that's a bigger miracle than the walls of Jericho falling down, in my opinion. I mean, I've tried to get, you know, you try to get six people in agreement. We don't understand agreement. So unity with God, he was upset with them because they were not in unity with him. They were not doing what he had called them to do. What was that? Possess the promised land. To go through to where God had, what God had for them. To be who God called them to be. That's all he wanted was for them to trust him completely and obey him fully. That was the bottom line. And they couldn't do it. And so if we're going to be that kind of church that's empowered for the last day, work of the Holy Spirit in the earth, we have to be these kind of people. We walk in unity. And if we don't understand, we, we just be quiet. And we ask the Holy Spirit, who's telling everybody the same thing, to get us on channel or on page or wherever we need to be. Are you getting this? So, so this is what makes the power re be released. And I was thinking uh, earlier in the month, I was looking at Mary's life. And I always marveled at Mary. You know, she was a young teenager, and uh, she got in unity with God. And, I mean, she got to carry the Son of God. I believe today if you want to carry the plans of God, you better get in unity with him. Because when he comes and drops something in your heart, he's not asking you how you feel about it. He's just asking you if you'll say yes. Did any of you ever think of that? Not how you feel about it. Not how you think it's going to operate or work. He's just saying, this is what was her answer. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And then when it happened, after she carried this baby, rode a donkey. Good Lord, men. That is not easy to do. Pregnant, I just want to tell you. 
That would be a horrible trip. And especially ready to deliver a baby. How many of you women volunteer for that one, you know? I'm sure when she said, let it be done to me, she didn't hear about the donkey. (laughs) And a lot of other things. And so she has to ride this donkey. She gets there, and then when they announce that he's coming, they call him the Messiah, the Savior. She's heard all this from an angel. And this is what she says, that she pondered all these things in her heart. She just pondered them in her heart. Joseph, I mean, he manned up. He, he, got, he married her. And that was bad. Isn't that a word, manned up? Yes, he did. <laughs> Trying to get with the new age. I got this flower on because they said, you need a flower. They didn't have a flower. She said, how about a feather? I said, I'll take it. You know what Pastor Bill said to me this morning? Is that a cat on your shirt? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I will never need to be humbled. I have a husband. He's really wonderful. He usually edifies me, but he isn't in the clothes. Something went off there. He missed, he missed that when they passed that out in heaven. Anyway, where was I? Hallelujah. So Mary, so Joseph, it says, he took her as his wife after the angel spoke to him. Everybody say, in unity with God. Everybody got in unity with God. Now, they went into a temple with Jesus, and there was a guy named Simeon who had been waiting forever. And by the Holy Spirit, everybody say, by the Holy Spirit. They didn't walk in and say, hey, this is Jesus the Messiah. We had him. God gave him to us, blah, 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 blah. No, they just took him in, which was supposed to be done on the eighth day. Took him in, presented him to the priest, and he said, thank you, God, for letting me see the salvation of all mankind. Anna, the same way, the prophetess, she went out and told everybody, he's here. Now, we know not a lot of people got it, but they were in unity with the Holy Spirit ghost and i want to tell you how important mother is on jesus deathbed the cross he said to john this is my mother is now your mother take care of this mother i'm telling you women you have a lot of power mary walked the walk of unity all the way to the cross she was there when he was crucified she watched him die the baby she delivered Because she was obedient to the call upon her life. I thought of that. I thought, boy, that'd be hard to do. Really hard to do. John, don't worry. I'd never let anybody do that to you. Unless God said, of course. Just kidding. There was only one Jesus. You won't have to do it. It's already in the Bible. You may feel like you do it some days, but hallelujah. Hallelujah. He probably feels like I nail him to the cross often. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, praise Jesus. That's not this message. Let's move on. (laughs) But God loves every one of us. Every one of us have a position. We have a purpose. But if we're not in that position, if we're not willing to take it to where it has to go, are you really willing? Are you really willing to give him your life? I honor you with this. I give my life. I give my life. Well, what is all that going to entail? Well, I don't really know, but I pray to God I'm like Mary because she was also at the tomb, and she knew he had risen. She got to see it from start to finish. She was in it all the time. That's the kind of woman I want to be. How about you, ladies? Yeah, but it takes a lot of determination. It takes a lot of saying, not my will, but 
Your will be done. I will walk in unity no matter what I see or feel. Uh, Let's go back to Ephesians 4. We're going to finish here this morning. I believe God is going to raise this church up. The church is the people. He's going to raise all of you up to be a living example of the supernatural power of God. And you should all be rejoicing because this is going to hit every area of your life. Just because God loves you. Just because you're in a place where he's pouring out his power at a certain time. You know that happens. I remember when Pastor Billy Joe, the church out there in Tulsa, exploded. And uh, Lester Summerall came and said to him, don't think you're any part of this, really. You're being used by God, but this doesn't happen everywhere. This is happening because God's spirit is on this. For whatever reason, God chose to do this. You know, in our world today, God can't choose to do something unless everybody gets to do it. You know why? Because we're all so self-centered. And we all got to be the big cheese. We all got to be part of the action. It doesn't matter what part we play, the whole family will get blessed. So this whole congregation, no matter what part you play, you will be blessed in this endeavor because God's going to be glorified. Amen? Amen. So we have to protect one another. And this is what Pastor Billy Joe said about these verses. It's 13, actually from uh, 12, that the, the fivefold was, was put into the earth to equip the saints for the work of the ministry till we all come to the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God. Then it goes on to say to a perfect man, that's mature, and that we come to a measure of the fullness of Christ. That means that it's no longer us, it's Christ living through us. And then we're not tossed about by everything, and in the end we become this whole body joined together. And you can read all of this. Uh, You should go home probably and read all of this. But it says that in his particular commentary in this equipping, he says, Supernatural ministry is not flamboyant displays of platform stars who gather followers like satellites. I just love that. I think that's so good. That sounds like Pastor Billy Joe. Rather, it is superna- true supernatural ministry at work in the church begets vital, spiritually functional people throughout the whole church family. In the commentary in my Bible, it says what I put there, supernatural increase, internal strengthening. That's what happens when everybody gets in unity and everybody does their part. In Galatians, it says, above all things, do good to the household of faith. That's the people in the body. Now, I want to conclude with this today because it's very important. If you do not have strong families, you do not have a strong church. Now, don't all of you shout me down at the same time. And the reason that that it's hushed a little is because what goes on at home is not what we always want to present at church. But God knows what goes on at home. And if it doesn't go on at home, it ain't going to go on anywhere else. I have learned this over the years married to Pastor Bill. With three children of mine, three children of his. Exes from Texas, not in Texas, but right close by. (laughs) I have learned this over the years, trying to be a daughter, a mother, a sister, an aunt, a grandma, and all those things that you're supposed to be, and now the pastor of this church. And I'm telling you, every role God gives us, he equips us for, but only if we get out of the way. It's not about us, it's about him. And what goes on in the home is what builds a strong church. There has never been a more critical time for this church that if you are married in this church, that you get in agreement. If you don't, you will not ride this boat. You will not ride the boat. You may be hanging over the sides. We'll be holding on to you by your foot. We'll try to keep you in. But it is your decision. (laughs) 
I do not have the strength to hold everybody in this church in. And some of you, your husband or wife, would let you go in a second. So you're going to have to get this fixed. Because I don't want to be in a squabble with the other mate. Hallelujah. Trying to keep you in the boat. But I am, I am standing for every home in this church to be a strong family. Because that is going to be the greatest miracle that the world is going to take note of. Of all that we do. Of all that we do. A happy Family, and I don't mean just getting out of the car at church when, every, when the father said, everybody shut up and act nice, we're at church. You know, I, or, you know, the, never even coming because he can't be nice because he's fed up with his wife who preaches at him all the time. That is not going to happen in this church. We are walking in unity and agreement with the Holy Spirit, amen? And we all have roles. You know, when I stand up here, the Bible says, in, in the Spirit there is neither male nor female. I don't stand up here as a woman preaching to you. It is the Spirit of God, for some reason, choosing to work through me right now because my husband decided to, to change jobs, hallelujah, in the midstream. <laughs> And so being the obedient wife, I stand here today. Okay. So if you got any rocks to throw, right there's where they go. Amen. I'm just telling you, that's why this is the way it is. But I also know God told me. Woman up, get up there and do what I tell you to do. And don't care what the people say because I'm not interested in what people say. I know that the anointing on this church is upon Pastor Bill and I as a couple to lead this church. And believe me, he still speaks. That's all I'm going to say. Hallelujah. He still lets me know. When, and he lets John know. And he lets Corey know. We know. We know. Hallelujah. <laughs> but in the spirit, everybody say in the spirit. He trusts me to give the word to you because he knows I have the word because God gives me the word. Or whoever God shows me to give the word, I can say give the word. And it's not because of me and it's not because of them. It's because of God. And the only thing that's going to happen in this church is what happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not collecting satellites here. We are not. Because God is not a satellite collector. It's all about him. And this is what it says about the home. I'm just going to leave it here. I want you to remember this verse forever. It's Ephesians 4.21. It's not said a lot. Submitting one to another in the fear of God. If you get that right, you won't have to figure out who's the head of the family. Because God already knows who's the head. He knows who he's holding accountable. Men... Love your wives like Christ loved the church and he laid down his life for the church. Couldn't be more clear. If we want to step on you, you'll just have to let us. No, I'm just kidding. If you have to lay down your life, what does that mean? You have to be willing to help that woman be all she's supposed to be. Pastor Bill is the best at this. He really is. I mean, he encourages me when I don't even want to do something. I think he's trying to get me to do it, but it doesn't matter. He still encourages me. And he tells me I can do it even when I think I can't. That is a husband who will never have to be concerned that his wife is going to leave him. And women, if you submit, you know what submit means? Just to have respect and honor and reverence for the guy's position. You know, how I, you know what really helped me do this? He is responsible for everything that happens. Right away, I was ready to give him all the honor and the respect and say, go for it. I'm right behind you. But God said, no, you're not. You're beside him. 
I hold you both accountable for everything that happens in this family. Because Genesis 1.28 is still in effect. Original intent. The two of us will multiply, be fruitful, and we will take dominion over everything in the earth. There is no power greater. It's the same power as Jesus had. The same resurrection power joined to one flesh. Everybody say one flesh. If you get a revelation of one flesh, you can't disagree in a home. Because you're one. That's why you fight. Because it won't work. It can't happen. Somehow it has to get right. And somebody might have to give in. And I want to tell you, ladies, if you'll give in, it, it will go well for you. I'm telling you, all the weight falls right, right there on the guy. And when that happens, then it says, children, honor your parents. Honor your parents. Now, this doesn't mean children honor parents who beat them. Children who have parents who beat them need to tell somebody. Because God wants to protect them. They shouldn't believe any lie that somebody's going to hurt them that's trying to hold power over them. But... A godly family, it says, children, obey your parents, and then that family starts flowing, but those children know that their father will never provoke them. Their father will always be the one speaking words of life into them. That's what it says, fathers, don't provoke your children. And it didn't say that about women. I'll take all the rap for women. Don't live with a contentious woman. You know, it's like water dripping out a faucet. I mean, there's a whole bunch about us in Proverbs. I take all of those. But also, we have to take responsibility for the one that's about us. Okay? And men are going to have to get up there in that position and trust God with all their heart. He's going to show them how to leave their family. And women are going to have to come alongside and say, even if you miss it, I'll be there. Don't worry. I'm with you because I'm with God. I will, I'm not going to leave Pastor Bill. I would never leave Pastor Bill because I'm supposed to be with him because that's what God told me. Now, I'm not coming against you today if you're getting a divorce because I've been through two of them. So I'm not throwing stones. But I'm telling you, what I've done doesn't make anything right or wrong. What's right is the word of God. And it will always be right. It will always be true. And that's why in Ephesians, God put the order of the home because it makes a strong church. And there's no church unless there's a strong home. Amen? And so if we're going to walk in unity in this church, that's the bottom line. We have to, we have to get on it in our homes. we got to get on top of it. we got to make it a priority. And we got to make sure, listen, we're going to learn to walk in unity. We may not agree. This doesn't mean everybody in the house has to have the same opinion. But we are going to get this thing going the right direction. And then we're going to trust God. If you're a single mom here today, God told me, I will be your husband till I give you one. So you follow me. You're not alone. I'm telling you, with God's everything. And the only way a marriage works is because God is in it. He is the third person in that threefold cord. And so if you'll get with God, you will make it. Hallelujah. I'm out of time. Stand up and praise Jesus. How many of you glad you came today? Amen. I'm glad I came today. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.